Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Coifcast, a Coifcast exclusive, in fact, the very first of these. You've read the title, you've read the heading, you know what you're about to listen to. I'm just going to give you a little bit of context in terms of how this came about. And um, yeah, I'm speaking afterwards. I've done the interview now, uh, this afternoon. Uh, it went really well, I think. Um, you're about to listen to over an hour of chat between myself and Mark Grattan, which is not a sentence I thought I'd say about three or four months ago before I started the podcast. Um, a lot of this is down to you guys. Thank you very, very much for listening uh, in, in your droves, the comments, the follows on social media, the general kind of hype around the podcast has clearly helped in a big way. Uh, the club have been uh, aware of the pod since the very start, but still, uh, without any traction, obviously it wouldn't be quite the same thing um so yeah context on terms of how this has actually happened just for kind of full disclosure before we get into it um cash your mind back a week cash your mind back to our previous episode myself and adam did 20 25 minutes on the new sky tv deal and towards the end of that chat we kind of waded into the img waters a little bit in terms of basically the direction of the sport how it's going to be over the next two or three years there's still you know although the information is kind of out there it's not been easy to kind of narrow that down in terms of what it really means to us it's very complicated there's all kind of pillars here and there there's points and all kinds of things knocking around so we did discuss last week that uh, an entire episode an entire feature episode on the img grades the criteria uh, and ultimately what it would mean for cas uh, in terms of next year the year after and beyond uh, would be on the cards Turns out the club heard that episode. They heard that episode last week. They had a listen and the club reached out. The club reached out in the last couple of days. You may have noticed I've been a little bit less active on social media in the last couple of days. Didn't want to jinx it, really. Didn't want to get to this point. Uh, I didn't want to tease anything and then it not happen. Um, the club reached out at the beginning of the week uh, and basically said they'd be happy to help out uh, in terms of kind of explaining the IG grading system in terms of our where we stand. Because, you know, me and Adam can only go so far. We can only go in terms of what we've been, what we've been told. But obviously, there are various things within the club um, that we simply are not privy to uh, that Mark can give the answers to. Um, so very, very appreciative of them reaching out uh, and organising this. Um, wasn't expecting it, but obviously, I, I jumped at the chance. Jumped at the chance. I've said yes. The interview has now happened. Uh, for full disclosure, again, I've made the recording. There's nothing cut out for all you conspiracy theorists or anything like that. Mark was extremely candid. Um, probably more kind of that I even thought it would be, to be honest, there's some really interesting bits uh, within this interview, which I think uh, you'll latch on to. And that are the certainly elements which uh, informed me. I did not know previously. Uh, I'm sure, yeah, there'll be, there's some nice bits which you'll uh, take some heart from, uh, I think as well. Uh, it's probably more, it's a more positive chat than you probably suspect it would be, to be honest, despite the kind of, looming spectre of a potential relegation obviously we don't want that to happen but obviously uh we, we've not shied away from that in the chat by any means at all the the possibility of going down this year and the ramifications going forward are discussed at length uh in this episode which i think may alleviate uh, a few fears as well um so yeah this is it full candidate interview me mark grattan sat in a room discussing all the five img pillars and what it means for cast and what it means for cast going forward towards the end he literally says where we sit where we stand as a club going forward hope you enjoy it um yeah i hope you enjoyed it listening to it as much as i enjoyed actually conducting it i'll see you on the other side 
Right, Mark, uh, first and foremost, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, so IMG. IMG, grading criteria, the kind of future of the sport. So yeah. being told. Uh, over the course of this next kind of chat, I just want to kind of get understanding of kind of where we are at, um, where we could be in the future, which I think is obviously really, really important. And just kind of let the fan base know like, some of your kind of overall thoughts and kind of the direction and kind of the way the league's going as well. Uh, which I think is quite important. Um, so first of all, before we get into it, how are, how are things? Obviously, it's been a quite a year, I suppose. So uh, how are you? How are the staff around the place? How how was the general feeling at the minute? Yeah, I think I think we've remained quite positive. I think it's been you know it's always a difficult place when you you know even when you you're on form and you go on a two or three game losing streak, it's difficult. It's difficult for the fan, you know, for the the, the fans, difficult for the staff. This year in particular has been, you know, incredibly hard. There's been a lot of sleepless nights, I think, for everybody involved in the club. Um, you know, we've, we've had to make changes throughout the season as best we can to try and sort of get ourselves back on track. And, you know, every time we've done that, we, we seem to get kicked a little bit in the in the nuts. You know, we had it magic weekend. We beat Leeds and then I think we've lost seven players to Salford. Did it again the other week. We, um, we lost five after playing Wakefield the following game. Then you know we look like we're getting two back for this week, and we've lost two more to disciplinary. So yeah, it, it's been one of those years this year. It's been really, really tough this year. I think for everybody, fans and and staff and and players at the club. Yeah, yeah, more than understandable. But I think there's a I think there's a general feeling. If, if I can speak on behalf of fans as well, obviously with kind of these four games to go, probably as positive from a fan base point of view. I think as we've been all year. Thankfully, obviously things have gone things have gone to place. Obviously Danny in the building. Uh, yeah. Obviously that result as well as you mentioned were massive and. You know, I think there's a fair bit of optimism going into these last four games, at least. Obviously, we'll talk in performance a little bit later on. Um, so, yeah, so IMG is kind of the reason we're here. Um, it's going to become, it's already been a talking point. It's going to become an absolute massive talking point over the next few years as uh, kind of things come into place. Um, for those who aren't are unaware, because that's half the reason why we're doing this podcast, the IMG grading system, the criteria is basically split into five pillars. They are fandom, performance, finances, stadium, and community. So what we're going to do over the course of this chat is kind of go through each one individually and kind of get a general sense of where we're at, how we feel it's being kind of judged on by IMG, uh, which is, you know, not everyone agrees with how it is being judged on. And uh, I'll probably give my opinion more of a mark on that, understandably so. But um, so yeah, let's get into it. And let's start with the first one, uh, which is fandom. Uh, five points. This is kind of the maximum any of these pillars uh, are worth five points for fandom, two and a half of those points uh, on attendance. And I think this is one of the really interesting ones, I thought, which came out with the criteria, because I, I don't personally necessarily agree with how they've kind of um, split this up, but it's interesting to see where we where we fit in. Uh, so basically, if you have under 1.5K uh, through the gate, you get 0.75 points over 1.5K, 1.5. Anywhere between 3K and 7,500 is two points. And then anything above 7,500 on average over three years, you get the maximum two and a half. Um, first of all, I've got a rough idea, but where do you think we are pretty much on the, in terms of that kind of uh, boundary? Yeah, before we, we go on, if I can just sort of bring you back a little bit, just awesome. in terms of that. So there's a couple of things. So first of all, the grading, some of the grading criteria is split over a three-year average and some of it's as in the here and now. So I'll try and explain that yeah. as, as we go through. And then also alongside the grading. So when you get your grade, you've also got to hit a lot of minimum standards. Um, so those will be stuff like running an academy or, or a pathway system. You know, if you want to be a grade A, you've got to run a women's team. If you get any big salary cap breaches or any big fines, then you'll be deducted points. So there's a lot of stuff 
alongside it that you've probably not seen yet, mm. and a lot of people will see that if we don't hit that criteria, you lose you know a fraction of a point one year, and it builds up the year after and the year after. So that's just to put it in context that when you see the gradings, there's a lot of other stuff behind it that you could lose or pick points up, not not pick points up, but lose points as, as you go along. So in answer to your question on on fandom, so on the tendencies, that's one of the ones that's based over a three year rolling period. So and again, just to rewind back, the grades that we, so we've got a grade now. Uh, that grade will be regraded again at the end of the season. So it might not be the same as it is now when we get the accounts in and other bits and pieces in. So that'll be regraded at the end of the season. That's an indicative grade. So it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything other than giving us an idea of where we are. It's the 2024, end of 2024 grading, which will make up Super League. So the top 12 graded clubs at the end of 2024 will make up Super League in 2025. So that's regardless of where you are in the competition at that point. So important to know on, on the attendance element of it, the attendance element, I think we're sat currently um, on, I can tell you if you just bear with me one second, we are sat on an average of 6,689 points at the time our grade is 6,689 people per game. But bear in mind, this is on 21, 22 and part of 23. Yeah. So 2021 was coming out of COVID, so we had some restricted crowds down to 4,000. So at the time that grading really matters, that year will have gone. So we'll be based on 22, 23 and 24. 22 was average, I think, 7542. Uh, 23's average is slightly under that, you know, slightly under seven and a half. So if we have a really good attendance against Hull, um, and then we have good sort of average figures of just over seven five next year, we'll get to two and a half points. If not, we're firmly ensconced in the in the two point bracket there, which is what we're currently scoring. So two points for us. Yeah, that makes sense. And as you say, it's probably probably a nice opportunity to pick up those point point five points, isn't it? As a book, yeah. I think there's quite a lot of the reason I personally don't love this kind of category is. There's a massive difference between 3,000 and 7,500, in my opinion. And there's a lot of teams kind of thrown into that. And obviously, I mean, clearly we're at the very, very top end of that, yeah. whereas it's probably probably the next best team is probably 1,000 or maybe even 2,000 off. Yeah, I think, I think we're simply, I don't know Hull Care, because I don't think they've, had, they've announced their attendances this year. No, they but I think so. Hull Care have always been fairly similar to us. So I think I think 7,500, like you are right, the, the, the jump between three and 7,500 is is big, but it's, it's quite an aspirational jump. You know, so for us... Um, it's good to have that at seven and a half thousand because we're probably as close as any other club is to be able to get that extra half a point. So, yeah, the, the, the line has to be set somewhere. So, I think seven, you know, seven to seven and a half thousand, we'd prefer seven, obviously, for obvious reasons. But, you know, we'll take seven and a half and try and work towards it. Yeah, yeah, definitely two and a half points. We'd look to pick up next year, obviously, with the help of everyone listening here. Obviously, you've got to be through the gate in order to get that. Um, viewership is the next point on fandom with a point. Um, interesting one. This so basically, I, I believe this take on the yearly average. But if you're coming on that one, um, viewership if you're averaging more than 150k viewers, that's a point. If you're averaging less than 150k viewers, it's not point seven point, uh, not point seven five. So there's not a great deal of difference in this one. Um, I mean, traditionally, I think we are one of the better viewed teams, aren't we? Certainly in terms of kind of if you view us as a small market team yeah. as opposed to your Wigan and Leeds. But of those kind of teams in our bracket, we actually are pretty strong in terms of viewership, aren't we? I hope we have been historically. Though. Yeah, so uh, as it stands uh, year to date at the minute, we're at 135,000 average viewership. So we're, we're on 0.75 points. Um, that doesn't include the Wakefield game. So this one before the Wakefield game. Right. I haven't seen the figures for that yet, but I would imagine that would be, um, you know, quite a, a, a big viewing game. 
And then so there's an element of luck in that as well, because you might get a you know channel four game in there that gives you really good yeah, viewing figures, or you know, you might be on a really obscure Sky Sports game on the Thursday night, which gives you really poor figures. So there's an element of luck in that there. Um, but it's not, you know, it's not mega points difference between 150 over and over 150. So, you know, we, we're comfortable where we are with that. Um, we would hope we could, you know, try and get ourselves above that. But, um, yeah, other than people tuning in, there's not much more we can do other than try and get an entertaining brand of rugby to make people want to tune in or come down. Yeah, and as you say, obviously the Wakefield game thrown in there. Obviously, Warrington this week, well, on yeah. Saturdays, one, I'm sure a few are tuning in to a nice Saturday, three o'clock, isn't it? So hopefully yeah. they'll get a few there, potentially a couple more before the end of the season as well. Um, just on that, if you don't mind, it's a slight detour from IMG, but I just wanted to get your general take on it, if you don't mind. Um, obviously, the TV deal is going to have a big impact on this in terms of viewership was going forward. Um, obviously, we've kind of got a pretty good idea of what has been, uh, well, what is about to be accepted uh, by our old commercial in terms of Sky TV. Obviously, we're in that kind of 30-day period at yeah. the moment. Probably can't say too much. Obviously, it's not you literally doing it at the negotiation table. Um, have you got any kind of general thoughts on what, is about to be agreed and I'm very interested obviously this this point on kind of every game being broadcast ready yeah. for next season what if you can tell us anything what would you think that would mean for Cass or the league generally yeah I think the the, the TV deals you know it, 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 there was a couple of bidders in there it was the the, the best of the of the two bidders uh, in terms of what it delivered money wise and, and also what it delivered in terms of properties back that could be sold so the, the free to air games the international rights and a few other bits and pieces so we, you know, we hope that the rugby commercial can go out and sell those. If they sell those broadcast rights that are outstanding, that might get the TV deal to somewhere where it was before. Um, which you know, I can go into a bit more detail on, on what that means when we get around to finance. So I think that the, the interesting one is every game streamed live. So I, I think it's been sort of announced that at some point in the, in the next year there'll be a dedicated Sky Channel that will stream these games live. I think in the short term it'll probably be rugby league uh, commercial stream via our league. So we're still, we don't have much detail other than what I'm telling you now. But, you know, I think the view for me would be, it would be great to be able to sell, you know, to anybody who's a home season ticket holder to be able to sell an away streaming season ticket. Yeah. Um, the data suggests that people who go to games will still go to games. You know, I think we've got, I don't know, I'm going to expect three to 400 people travelling over to Warrington. You know, if that was on stream and it was six ninety five, those three or four hundred people, I'm guessing, would still travel over to Warrington because they're not staying at home to watch it on Sky. Um, so yeah, so we would hope that would generate income. Uh, we, we've got an idea of what some of the other clubs have brought in, but that's really not for me to say at this this point in this in this format. But yeah, so that's the exciting for us is to be able to to sell that streaming away season ticket, uh, and you know, for people you know, there's fans who can only get to certain games or are away on holiday or you know live away or you know, housebound or whatever else it is. So to give them a chance to be able to watch every game live as well, I think is, is a great thing. Yeah, that's great to hear. And I think anyone who listened to last week's episode, when I discussed this, I was personally very positive about it. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I'm, I think you share them sentiments. I think it's a, hopefully a very, very uh, good thing for Super League going forward, rugby league generally. Uh, the final point on fandom, which is worth one and a half points, uh, so interestingly more than viewership, uh, is digital. Um, that's split up between social following, which is 0.2 points. Um, interestingly, I was looking at the handbook that is available to everyone. You can view the handbook for grading criteria online. Just give it a Google, you'll find it. Uh, website visits and engagements are on there as well. Um, there is a typo on the on the handbook, so do, do navigate around that. Uh, it does say website visits are worth 0.8 as opposed to 0.5. It's actually flipped. Engagements are worth 0.8 
website visits are worth 0.5. Um, it's in the kind of subsection below where it's actually evident. Um, just generally, obviously, it's it's one of those things I haven't really talked about on the podcast too much, um, but my background is in social media. I do social media marketing, so it's something that's kind of close to my heart. How big of a priority is it to the club now? How big of a priority is it to the sport generally? Because, I mean, social media is, is becoming everything, isn't it? It's absolutely massive. Everyone goes home, everyone's got a phone, everyone's on got X amount of screen time every day. Um, how big a priority is it to the club right now? And what are we going to do? going forward in a way to kind of hit these targets because clearly if they're going at 1.5 points for digital it's an area of yeah. investment i guess isn't it yeah so it's it's quite interesting because the, the the you know we've been kind of at the club for you know in in the capacity that we're at as you know myself and the other directors for i think it's our 10th season now and kind of the three of the things that we said that we wanted to try and massively improve on was the finances of the club getting people through the doors on a match day, you know, and putting a quality products out there, which obviously apart from this year has been, you know, there or thereabouts. And also getting the, the the sort of digital following up because, you know, anybody even 10 years ago could see that this is where, you know, a lot of things were going. So I think from where we are, we punch, you know, quite comfortably above our, our weight there. So on, on social following, I think our following on the ones that they're measuring is 174,000 roughly. This is at the snapshot a few months ago when they took it. So we point. 0.5 away from the top points score on there. The jump from 100,000 to 500,000 followers is, is you know, we, we've gone from probably 70,000 to 170,000 in 10 years with three finals, a league leaders, Shield and everything else, you know, Jackson, Love Island, everything else that's gone with it. So that that's, you know, we punch comfortably above our weight for the size of club we are on that and we're still growing as well. You know, I think we've had some really good media teams over the years who, who, who've helped us done that and we, we do that and we've had some quite innovative stuff that we've put out on, on social media as well. So on that side of it, you know, we're going to keep doing what we're doing there and, and eventually it might be another 20 years' time, we might get to half a million followers. Uh, the engagement one's an interesting one. So it's, at the minute, we're on 1.7 million engagements year-to-date. So this is based on year-to-date. So that puts us on 0.4 points. The next level is 0.6 points, which is 2.5 million, which we think we're confident we'll get to that by the end of the year. We then go up to five million, so we're not going to get, you know, we're not going to bridge that gap this year. But yeah. again, a few years down the future, so we've had, you know, I, I think we are in the top six clubs in in Super League on engagements. Granted, you know, probably half of them are calling for me to be sacked or you know demanding a new coach <laughs> or whatever else that are going on there. But you know, every cloud has a silver lining. We're getting engagements, so we're getting engagements in there. Um, so yeah, so we're confident that we'll be, you know, we'll be one of the top scorers in the engagements. And then website visits, um, it's a bit of a strange one, is that I think we're on 17,000 on there, so we get a quarter of a point. Um, you know, next one's there's 30,000. I don't want to give away what, you know, we've got plans to try and get that to the next level, but yeah. I don't want to really give away what we're going to try and do on that one, if, if that's all right. Um, it'll just be, you know, stuff run through the website a, a little bit more. So, yeah, so I think in terms of fandom, uh, we score 3.55 so if you, you know that's our score on fandom as it stands at the moment um the category b average is three so we're comfortably above the category category b average in there um if we can get an extra fifteen thousand watchers on the tv and we can get those extra website visits and the people coming through the door you know we, we have a chance to get into 4.55 which is right up there towards the average top grade a score so we're not a million miles away from that it's um within touching distance on fandom 
Not at all. And that's, uh, yeah, that's great to hear. That's great to hear. That's really good performance on fandom, I think. And yeah, it's kind of some of, again, we like website, but it's, some, like, it's kind of little trivial things that just kind of keep us away from yeah. that top spot, which is really, really good. Um, that brings us to the next pillar then, I guess. And obviously that's performance. Difficult one, obviously, this year. Um, I mean, I'm sure you understand I'd be strung up if I didn't ask you about on field in some way yeah. uh, during during this chat. Um, it's out of five points performance, although a whole point of that is pretty much trophy-led, isn't it? Yeah. So you're pretty much out of four. Uh, so obviously St. Helens, uh, based on their performance of the last few years, particularly if they come top this year as well, uh, will get the maximum four. Then it's kind of ratioed all the way down based yeah. on your average over the last three years to how I understand it. I imagine, and you'll know better than me, we're going to be around the three-point mark, I would imagine, based on the previous three years, yeah. but obviously next year is going to be vital as well, isn't it? Yeah, so, it, well, where we are now is um, it's a dead easy one, like you say, it's over three years, so you, you can, you'll get 0.7, so the, the, the trophy points, so 0.7 points if you win the Super League, 0.25 if you win the Challenge Cup, 0.25 if you win the Championship, 0.1 for League One and 0.1 for the 1895 Cup. Those extra bonus points are only in that year. So if you won the Challenge Cup last year, you don't get any bonus points, but you only get it in the point that the gradient's the, the gradient's gone forward. So our score at the minute is three point two two. So we are um, out of thirty six clubs over the last three years, we're ranked eighth. So that, that that's where we rank. Obviously, this year we're going to finish eleventh or twelfth. So we would expect that to drop down to somewhere around three or three point one as our average score over there. Um, probably an easy way to show how you know a good year can affect you is if you look at Lee, for example. Hmm. So Lee, um, I'm, I don't know, I think about 13th, 13th and potentially 4th if, you know, if we finish the season roundabout now. So that's 30, you know, 30 places divided by three years. That would give them an average position of 10th, which would give them three points. Now, if you fast forward next year and let's say Lee finish 4th again next year, then they'd go 12th, 4th, 4th. So that's an average of uh, 20 points so all of a sudden their score starts going up to sorry 13th 4-4 21 average of 7 their score goes up by 3.33 but a bad year will bring them down to 2.7 yeah so it's just a you'll see if people download the handbook you'll see it's a league ranking from 1 to 36 and it shows you exactly where you are you know that that's that's one that's heavily skewed towards clubs that are in in Super League so provided we maintain our Super League status, then we would be expecting to be scoring somewhere between 3 and 3.3 when the grading counts at the end of next year. Yeah, and obviously touch wood, that is the case. I guess the, the, the kind of devil's advocate to that is, and th there has to be certain questions of this where you have to consider the other aspects of this, where, I mean, obviously I'm very hopeful in the next four games, yeah. but naturally it is what it is. The situation is what it is. I guess the flip side of that is, as you say, I think there's 0.25 points available, for example, winning the championship next year. Yeah. There is even a possibility where you could even, I, I guess, trying to do the maths in my head, if you were to come 13th, quote unquote, and win the championship next year, that would be worth more points potentially than even coming 11th or very, very close, near enough. So I guess from that point of view, there is a bit of a, it's, it's not dead, basically. You, you're, not, you're not missing a massive, massive uh, aspect of this kind of performance, this kind of point system if you are to drop down, but immediately are right there at the top, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although, obviously, we don't want to draw on that too much. No, no. Obviously, you know, if the worst was to happen, then, you know, we'd want to try and keep as much of a full-time squad as we could. You know, the aim is that if that did happen, we'd be trying to go all out to win the championship. Because like you say, you know, for grading points, if we're in the championship, we want to be finishing top of the championship, which is the 13th place club overall. 
you'd want to have a really good go at the, the 1895 Club Cup. You'd want to try and win the Championship Grand Final. So all of a sudden there, that for that season would give you, um, well, I can tell you now. So if you finished 12th in Super League this year, you would get, you know, if you had an average of 12th, you get 2.778. If you finish 13th, you get 2.667, but add a challenge, a, a championship grand final in there and an 1895 cup in there. And it's the equivalent of finishing 10th, 11th within that. So, yeah, yeah it, it, if we did go down, obviously that's what we're going to try and aim for. But, you know, we've, I think you can, hopefully see with the signings that we've brought in and the actions we've taken and, you know, Blake Costin at the death a couple of days before transfer deadline that we've we've tried to do everything we can to, to to you know, give us that fighting chance to stay up. Yeah, exactly. And I guess the, the next question on that would tie into finance a little bit, but we'll get on to that yeah. in a sec. Uh, just in terms of, you kind of touch on my next kind of point, like, kind of no matter what happened next year, obviously, I'm not expecting any exclusive in terms of who we've signed next year, etc. But obviously, we've, we've all heard names on the grapevine. Um, from what you can tell me, and it might be nothing, don't get me wrong, but if the worst was to come to the worst and we are a championship team next year, what is, because I think it's probably one of the bigger questions that fans want to know, really, because I think there is obviously that little bit of fear in terms of yeah. if if it went a certain way next year, what 2024 would look like. In terms of the makeup of the squad, you mentioned there about trying to keep as much of a full-time squad as possible. Yeah. How much would be possible in terms of the signs we've brought in? Would they still be on the table? Would they still be coming over? And obviously, we've not announced any retention for next year. Is all of that basically dependent on being a Super League club next year? Yeah, I think I think the bulk the bulk of it's you know obviously the the contracts that a lot of players will sign are they are Super League specific contracts. So you know there, there'll be a number of those that we would like to keep, but we probably can't afford to keep if we were in the Championship. There'll be a number of those that you know we would really want to keep, but might get a better deal elsewhere. So we you know we we're fairly confident that we could get a squad that that you know depending on who else is in the Championship and what else they're spending. That would make a really good fist of, of you know being a, a top club in, in that division. I think it's quite important for us that we keep as many of the of the young lads together as we can if the worst happen. Because what we want to make sure is that you know the year after with the grading system and everything else that we maintain Super League status in 2025, but we're not going into Super League with a you know with a not not disrespectful, but a championship team of journeymen. We want, you know, we want to be able to get a Super League team in the championship that we can then add to if we, you know, then come back up the year after. So that, that that's kind of where we're at with it. I can't tell you too much more on signings. You know, we, I think Danny Wilson has, has said that he will do a, um, you know, do one of these with you once we know where our position is and then we can start talking about the type of players that we've targeted and what we want the squad to look like going forward. Yeah, that would be brilliant. Obviously, I really appreciate that from Danny as well. Um, final kind of final point of the poems as well. It does tie in as well, but it's not about signings. But it's good to hear that obviously there is that kind of long term view, yeah. Uh, in terms of the kind of the, the, the playing squad, and no matter what happens, obviously that that drive towards the future. I assume the same kind of decisions are being made in terms of the coaching staff as well. Then in terms of a, it's a difficult one, obviously. And again, yeah. you probably can't tell me all that much. Obviously, we've got a bloke at the minute on quote unquote a six year a six week deal. Yeah. Um, presumably there is a view towards next year, regardless of what happens. Uh. Is there anything you can tell us in terms of kind of, again, you're not going to be able to give me specifics. I'm not expecting that. But yeah, are we going to be in a good position no matter what in terms of coaching, would you say? Yeah, I would, I would hope so. Obviously, you know, we, we've, and I'll, I'll you know, I'll talk, touch on this a little bit with Ian Finance, but, you know, the, the coaching setup that we've got down here as a Super League club is, is vast. You know, I mean, there's, there's um, you know, four coaches there, if you include Scott Morell, there's doctors, there's, you know, physios, there's, um, you know, conditioners, it, it, it's huge. You know, it's miles bigger than anybody will have in, in the championship. Um, and, and, 
you know, we have to look at that as a whole and we'll say that, you know, that definitely the, the whole setup, although it's full-time, might not look the same as it does now. You know, I don't think anybody will be carrying four coaches in, in, in the championship. So, yeah, I, I think we all kind of know where we are with it at this moment in time. We just have to see, you know, what, what happens. Hopefully, you know, if we can get a couple of wins quite quickly and we can put it to bed, then we can, you know, start looking a little bit more detail into where we're going next year with everything. Yeah, that makes sense. Appreciate that. And obviously, I appreciate it. It's not yeah. ready. I can tell you. I'm about trying it. not, you know, I'm not trying to be, I, it's just, it's not really fair for me to cost any more on that. Of course it, not. Of course not. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good enough answer for me for sure. Um, That brings us to finance then, yeah. pillar three, Um, which I, I think has been obviously kind of your bread and butter, I guess, in terms of the finance of the club. Um, Four and a half points uh, it wakes against the IMG grade. And, and this is obviously a massive, it's all, I mean, Rugby League generally, I've talked about it on the 10 11 episodes I've done. I mean, everything comes down to money in Rugby League, doesn't it? It always seems does, to. Yeah. Uh, it really does. So I think one of the reasons I really want to do this episode as well, uh, when, when it was kind of brought up, is obviously I've gauged kind of the, the fan feeling uh, over the last kind of six months. It's the reason I made the podcast in the first place, to be honest with you. There is a bit of a fear, and I mentioned it earlier, I think there is a bit of a fear of the fan uh, from the fan base, mainly those ones who maybe haven't read up on everything, don't get me yeah. wrong, and probably need to, and hopefully this helps. There is a fear of fans that, again, I'm, I'm, it's the dirty word of going down, but if we were to go down, would that be it? Are we going to become, and no disrespect to these clubs, but would we become a Jewsbury or Rathley or something like that? And I don't personally believe that's the case. So I'm hoping you can, you can pretty much tell me the same thing, but it's kind of get, dispelling that fear a little bit uh, that it wouldn't necessarily, the Castle Tigers will not die if we were to go down, but... I kind of want to ask this question in two ways. If I asked it twice, that'd be great. But like, what is the kind of current state of the club financially in terms of stability? Obviously, if we are a Super League club and we win the next two or three games and we're Super League, uh, but even if we're not and that doesn't happen, how stable is the club financially in your opinion? Yeah, so it, it's there's it, there's quite a long answer to, to all this. So we, we're stable. So in terms of finance, without, without going through this, obviously we'll go through this in more detail. Yeah. But we're scoring um, as a grade A club on finance. With this, you know, I think we're the average category B score on finance is one point eight, and we're scoring three point three. So financially, we're in there. We, we, you know, we're up there. We're quite robust, but we are having a, a torrid time. And to, to put this in perspective, I think we're probably the, will be the only club in Super League that for ten years has not had any external money coming into it. You know, any external apart from the COVID loan, which everybody took. We've been the self-funding club for, for 10 years. Um, at the point that COVID struck and we started to have to pay the rebates back to Sky and the Sky money started dropping, it started to become really difficult for us. And it started, it did start to eat into our cash reserves. You know, we've always, you know, one year we'll make money, another year we'll lose money. When we make enough money, we'll have a bit more of a gamble on what we can afford player-wise. And then when we lose money, we have to wind ourselves in a little bit to try and have a, a, another good year. So o- over the years, we've accrued a, a, a reasonable amount of money, and and you know, but it's it's been eaten away a little bit in this last few years. So to, to give you an example, I know there's a, a myth out there that if we, you know, the Sky money always paid the wages of the players. Well, not going on to the off-field staff, and we've got a really small off-field staff for a, for a Super League club or certainly for a top eight Super League club. But you look at the on-field staff, so the wages of the players in the first team, you know, the academy staff, all the expenses that it takes to, you know, for the coaching staff, the doctors, Not, I'm not talking medical bills and scans and everything else. This is just what goes through payroll yeah. for the playing group. You add on your 13.8%, your 12.8% for your national insurance and your pensions and everything else that goes on top. 
it's around about three point one million pound a year that that goes out onto a playing squad like like ours, um, and and the, the staff, the backroom staff that go to run that, we're getting one point five million from Sky. So I think in nineteen we got two point. I think our total Sky distributions that year were our total central distribution, sorry, not Sky, were two point one five million. They're now one point five. Our expenses on everyday items and everything else has gone up by about four hundred thousand pounds. So from 2019-20, we're a million pound away from where we were. So you're looking at clubs whose owners were putting half a million in, they're throwing a million and a half into two million to just just to compete. So you know we do need some investment coming in, which you know we can go through in a bit more detail as to where we are with that. Um, but you know whatever whatever happens next year, we we we, we cash flow through to be able to stay full time in the championship. Um, I would be very worried. I think, I think if it was just on promotion and relegation to get, if we went down, it was just on promotion and relegation to get up next year. I'd be very worried because no matter how good a team you put in, you're down to one game. In that one game, you can have injuries, you can have a red card, anything can happen. You know, absolutely anything can happen. And I think you can do a year in the championship. I think, and I think you know the fans and the sponsors will stick behind you because it's you know you're potentially winning. There's different places to go and everything else, but. You know, you start going into two years and three years, and yeah. you know, you just everything. It's uncharted territory for these fans yeah, as well. Yeah, it? it's so. frightening. It's frightening is that. So, actually, the IMG grading system for ourselves or Wakefield is pretty good because we know that what we do off the field will affect that grading system. So we know it's not. You know, we're not relying on players not getting injured. We're not relying on a red card on a game or or a try that you know a forward pass or whatever it is. We're relying on on you know what we can do to affect that grading to get back up. So, uh, yeah, I, I, obviously it worries us because it's uncharted territory. You know, we know we'll lose potentially some fans. We hope not too many. Um, we hope that they then start coming back if you know we're winning every week and you know we're having a nice trip out somewhere and, and getting the results. So, yeah, worrying, but not as worrying if if it was a straight up and down the year after. Yeah, that's good to know. And I think that should alleviate at least some of the concerns yeah. here in that, to be honest. Um, the next obvious question, I mean, you mentioned it yourself would be something that I can already hear some cast fans kind of like picking up on one thing you said, obviously it would be investment. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the fact that, as you said, we're probably the one team that's not put investment in over the last 10 years externally. Yeah. It'd be a very, it's a very easy for someone on the outside looking in just going, well, go get some. It's obviously not as yeah. easy as that, no, is it? Um, but yeah, in, in, but you did say you were going to come into it. Obviously, naturally, yeah. it has been tough. As you said, the COVID loans have started coming back. Uh, I've started coming back. Yeah. Obviously, I think anyone can see the records of company house and things like that. They, they are out there. And obviously, they're going to hit every team, not just us. Uh, but naturally, there is a need for investment across the sport. Never mind yeah. just us. Obviously, Hulk are probably a good example of them. They've gone out and managed to get it. And you can see they're on kind of an upward trajectory, at least on, at least on the at base level. Um, where are we at in terms of that, in terms of... Like I say, it's not as easy to just go go out and get someone tomorrow. You've got investment no. in the club, but what is kind of the vision going forward in terms of that approach? So, so we think we, we do it in, in in phases. So the phase that we're in at the minute, coming into January, starting at January next year, is a three-year TV deal. So obviously, everything that IMG are doing, you know, we knew that this TV deal was going to be quite painful for us because we knew that the, you know they've got to prove all the data behind what the, what they're doing, the betting data and everything else that's going to streaming. So. The hope or the view is that the TV deal beyond this one will be start to become quite big, and the streaming deals beyond this one will start to become quite big. So our focus is on on the next three years, realistically, just you know, in, in terms of making sure we can compete. So I, I think we've we've put together quite a young, exciting team for next year. Um, 
that you know might win some games 36-30, might lose some games 36-30. I think um, you know, we're aiming for the top six next year with the squad we've put together. Um, you know, which like I say, Daniel, Daniel go into more detail with it with that hopefully when we when we get some good news in terms of our, our status. Um yeah, so it's it's a tough one. We think to be a Saints or a Warrington or a Wigan, we probably need another two and a half million quid over three years to be able to to be able to do that. And and it, it, it to give you a bit of an example, so what that allows you to do is it allows you to invest a little bit more in your on you know a couple of extra players or a really quality marquee player on top of the squad that we've got next year. It allows you to invest more into your coaching. It allows you to invest more in your off-field staff so that we get more off-field staff in to do, you know, more stuff around commercial, more stuff around the marketing, media, digital stuff, which then grows more further revenue. So it allows us to do all those kinds of things. But it also allows you to, like, if a young player at 17, 18 becomes available and, you know, you look at them and you think, you know, you've got your ready, you're saying, I could really do with that player. He's one of the best in competition. There's going to be a fee for him. Yeah. You can buy three or four of them players at 15, 20 grand. You know, we've got two or three of them in our system now that you think these are going to be undingers, these. But you can get a few more of those. So you can start hoovering up all the really good quality talent uh, uh, cost. So that's what investment does to you. You know, it allows you to do that. It allows you to spend money on the ground, a little bit more money than, you know, than, than's getting spent now. And it allows you to do all sorts of different things away from just your playing group. And those things will drive revenue. And when they drive revenue, it then all filters back into the playing group because the first team is the heartbeat of everything we do because if they're performing, people are happy, people are engaged, they come down and spend money and we can do it again the year after. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I appreciate so I didn't that. answer your question, did I? Sorry. Not really. I'll answer your question that way. So, <laughs> we, 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 we started off and we broke cover a little bit because we had a couple of, well, we had a couple of people who wanted to buy the club yeah. Um Bizarrely, another couple of people of, 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 of groups have come forward from that, and the two original ones have kind of dropped, dropped by the wayside. Um, so we, we're discussing them. We don't know much about one of them. The other one we know a little bit about, but we're not. Don't think it's going to amount to much because it's, it's difficult. You know, you, you talk. You've got to be honest with people. So when you're saying to somebody, "Do you want to buy this club?" You're not buying this club, and then automatically being a top. You know, people who want to buy a club want to be yeah. a top four club, and they want to be challenging for trophies. They want to be leading the team out of Wembley so it's difficult for us to, to do that because you've got to be honest with everybody you've just got to say if you want to do that this is kind of what you need it's not just buying the club or coming on board with the club this is what you need to do so we've been honest with everybody and you know we've scared a couple of people off but with, with our, our honesty you know we we uh, have always said we'll you know walk away tomorrow when the right people come in and we, we've we looked at it so where we are now we've got we've got one sort of in the pipeline there that, that might amount to something in very early stages We've got a couple of individuals who are talking about potentially wanting to come on board and put not take over fully, but potentially put money into the club, mm. join the board of directors. Um, if there's anybody else out there listening who wants to do that, just you know, give me a shout, get in touch. We'll, you know, we'll have a conversation, we'll tell you everything, what's and all. And then we are, you know, it's something we looked at a, a while back, and Salford obviously went to it first, but in a different manner. We have looked at a, like a kind of hybrid fan ownership model as well, where we can get that investment from the fan base who who, who become part of the decision-making process as we go along. So, you know, our aim is to try and have a different looking makeup to our board going into next season and to have, you know, some investment in the bank that, that, that helps us just get to that next level a little bit. 
So that, that's kind of where we are. There's no news yet. Everything does move slowly because, um, rightly so. If you know, if, if you had a few million quid and now we're trying to get a million off you, you, you know, with all best will in the world, <laughs> yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna just give me a million quid. You want to go want to know what does that million quid get me? What do I need to put on top of that million quid to be successful going forward? So that's where we're at with it. To be fair, um, so yeah, so we're looking at a fan ownership model combined with you know investors coming in or somebody just coming and taking it on fully. I do appreciate that. And I think a lot of the fans will appreciate you saying that as well and giving that update. I think it, it's been frustrating as a, as a fan myself, uh, looking looking at what other fans have said throughout the yeah. course of the year. I mean, it, it's very easy to come out of the game after you've been bought up to 36-0 and say, slap the board and sell the club. Yeah. And it's not as easy as that. It's certainly not as easy as that. I think, you know, I'm no, I don't have a business to get in and stuff like that, but I think I know my sport and, I mean, obviously the Premier League's a very different animal right now. They're very, very top, but you don't buy and own sports clubs to make profit, for one no. thing. The, the, that, and I think there's a misconception there that, that pe- people can do that. You shouldn't do that. Yeah. If, you make, if you're making regular profits as a club, that's a bad thing, isn't it? I mean, you yeah. want to be investing and naturally that's a tough sell for anyone wanting to come in. Um, and there's elements to it as well. And you probably know better than me, but I mean, I mean, I, we can't sat at the ground. I mean, we're going to come on stadium in a second, but obviously... Yeah. We all love this place, but we know what the place is. But ultimately, we own the gaff, which is a huge, huge yeah. thing. Um, you know, you don't want to sell it to the first bidder and have them make them turn into a car park either, which yeah. is, I mean, a, a consideration, isn't it? Yeah. I, I guess, you know, I mean, it's probably prime housing and stuff like that around here. So I guess it's kind of your duty care to kind of ward those bids yeah. off as well, isn't it? Uh, there is. Listen, uh, I, I, I'll be perfectly honest with you. You know, we, we, we've batted back a few people because... It is. There's a lot of development going to go up and down. You know yeah. where we are now. There's going to be a lot of houses come up here. It's a big site. Is this? Um, you know, probably needs valuing again, and, and it'll be worth the fair. It'll be worth comfortably more money than you know he's owed to 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 Ian and his family to 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 clear the debt. And you know, Ian could. You know, there's a dead easy way for Ian to come out to sell to one of these people that we've had knocking on the door, who we know would run this club down to the absolute basement level. And it would go bankrupt and it would never rise. And then they've got themselves a you know a couple of million pound profit on some land and away they go. So, you know, Ian has said he'll only let that go to people who've got the club at heart and, and you know, want to run it for the people of Castleford and, and do the best for the people of Castleford. So we have batted a few people back. You know, I've had meetings with people who want to talk about taking it over and all they're interested in is how many acres is it? What does this, how much money can we get out of the build for the stadium? How much money can we get out of this? Nobody's once talking about the community and the people of Castleford, nobody's once talking about what does it need to get a winning team on the pitch. They're talking about bricks and mortar and, you know, how much per acre it's worth. And that rings massive alarm bells straight away in your head. Yeah, and obviously as a fan, it's, uh, it's good to hear that those bids are, uh, are getting uh, are getting shooed away. And um, yeah, you've got my number when I'm in the R million, so I'll be in yeah. touch. <laughs> Next point then, uh, pillar four, four or five. Well, you have not completed finance yet. So we score really, you've, you've just ignored it. You've gone through it and started on it. And then, come on, Ross, let's let's get back on the finance. Mark's going to be the presenter of the podcast next week. So <laughs> he's far better than me. Um, to be honest, the main reason I've done that is you know it far, far better than me. So if you'd be willing to take us through. Well, this again is, so it's a strong area. So on, on finance, you've got, um, you turn over in terms of how much money you turn over away from your central revenue. We score top points on that. And this is so the points that you get on that is a snapshot in time. So it's at that point in time. So it's not a three year average. So we've comfortably scored top points on that. So, you know, we're absolutely fine with that. No worries. Uh, the next one we score middle points on, which is a percentage of your turnover versus the central uh, distribution money. So we've got 
plans this year. So our turnover will be increased in certain areas this year and the TV money's come down this year. Mm. So we feel we'll get to top points on that one as well. So we think we'll get another 0.45 points on there. Um, adjusted profit. So we're on 0.25 points there because we're losing money at the moment in time. I don't think we'll get things a long way off, you know, while the TV deals like it is before we're going to get into the, the 0.5 points on there. So I think that will stay where it is. And then the final one, owner investment, we don't score any points on that. But like we're saying, if we can get people involved or we do a fan-led ownership, um, you know, hybrid ownership scheme on there and we get half a million quid through the door, that's going to give us an extra half a point, which will be absolutely vital. So in terms of that, the only other thing there is balance sheet strength, which we score maximum points on. So in terms of finance, you know, we're as strong as pretty much all the grade A clubs in there. And if we can, you know, find some people to come in and invest money in, I think we'll be stronger than most in there. Yeah. Um, which is quite comforting, I think. Absolutely. I think it paints a much brighter picture than yeah. most probably assume uh, without without kind of knowing kind of the ins yeah. and outs of it. So I think that's uh, that's really, really positive. Now we'll move on to Pillar 4. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now Mark's filled his own the rest of it. This is one I actually do know a little bit about because uh, I have looked at this one in depth in his stadium. And now I'm sure a lot of you listening to this podcast are probably waiting for this one. Um We'll discuss the actual progress in a moment and if there is any kind of update. But just to kind of run through where we're at, it's three points for stadium, uh, for stadium so a yeah. little bit less than, uh, than the rest of them so far. Uh, facilities, which obviously will come on, come out to last as I will actually discuss the facilities. The maximum is there, 1.5. We would score 0.5 at the moment, as I understand it, and we'll get on to that in a sec. Uh, Utilisation is one where I think we score relatively well, as opposed yeah. to some clubs. Uh, that's out of a whole point. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that's basically a ratio. Obviously, essentially, if the ground holds 10,000, you have 5,000 in, you yeah. get 0 0.5 points, 6,000, 0 0.6, yeah, et cetera, correct. et cetera. Yeah. We're down to 10.5k capacity at the moment, or, uh, or is it based on the 11? Yeah, it, it, it'll be based on the it'll be based on what our safety show. So, the, the, the capacity that we set because we were finding it difficult for people to move around on those early games when we were selling out, yeah. That's very different to the what the safety certificate says, but we are the safety. So to, to to give you sort of a bit of an indication there, the um, safety advisory group or stadium advice safety advisory group they issue was our safety certificate. Yeah. So they've said that they're going to redo our capacities this year for next year. They're doing it with all the clubs in the area. It's not anything to do with grading. It's just something that they do yeah. every now and again. Um, so that I don't think it'll go up because I think obviously as things goes, everything health and safety wise, everything gets safer and safer. So I think I think our capacity will genuinely come down anyway on the back of right. what the safety or, or, or the SAG group do, which bizarrely in turn will put our utilization score up. So you know, on those odd games where we do sell out, that's going to be a little bit of a nightmare for us because we're going to lose some revenue on that, but it will push that score up, which is is obviously quite important to us. So you bang on on what you say in terms of that. It's a percentage of people in your ground yes yeah. your capacity. Yeah, so presumably, rough estimate, we're going to average about 0.75-ish. Uh, I would say on that, maybe a little bit less. Um, primacy of tenure uh, is worth 0.25. I think literally on the basis that, unlike Wigan, unlike Hull, yeah. unlike Huddersfield, who are probably a little bit at the mercy of the EFL, Hull City, Huddersfield Town, Wigan, etc., we can host the game whenever we want, essentially. Yeah. So I think we score maximum points. Yeah, we score maximum. So basically, if you're if you share a stadium with somebody else, so I don't know the agreements, but you know, let's say you are um, Hull FC, for example. If Hull City Football Club, yeah. I've got first pick on where they play the stadiums, they would have primacy of tenure. So, but I don't. Out of those clubs who share stadium, I'm not sure who has that, but we certainly do get have that primacy of tenure. Yeah, so that's a big tick against us. Yeah. And uh, the thing that's become a bit of a <laughs> 
certainly the people against the IMG proposals have kind of picked this one out as the one they really dislike uh, in terms of the LED um, yeah. hoardings, the advertising noise around the ground, and also the big screen. Those combined is another 0.25 points. Uh, I guess at the moment, uh, we would not score uh, against those. No. Um, but naturally, Alan, we're going to go into stadium now. Yeah. I would assume, obviously, that's kind of all chucked in. Uh, to the overall project, I'm assuming. Yeah, so the LEDs, it's not just having LEDs on a big screen. The LEDs have got to be a certain length, they've got to yeah. you know cover certain areas of the field and they've got to be a certain brightness and everything else. And it's not, we haven't looked at that fully at the moment, but I'm not I'm not convinced we can fit in because we're very tight between yeah, the, the touch lines. I'm not sure we can fit in the LEDs to the standard that they would need. So unless it meant more money revenue-wise, we wouldn't be putting those in for the IMG points, I don't think, at this moment in time. The big screen, we can fit a big screen in. I have no idea how much a big screen costs. We, you know, it's kind of a little bit low down on the pecking order now, but um, I'm sure if we were, it's 0.125 points, it's yes. an eighth of a point. If we were at 14.9 points, you know, I think we'd do a crowd from the time. I think it's fair to say we get the screen. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, we'd, we'd move heaven and earth for that one. I think it's what we, what we try and do, so yeah. That's kind of where we are with those. Makes sense um, to me. Um, so, yeah, that leaves Biggie, I guess, obviously. At the moment, I think I'm right in saying we would score the minimum 0. 0.5 yeah. due to, obviously. I mean, the way I understand it is you basically, there's two points you can get. It's either 0. 0.5 or if you're basically hitting minimum Super League standards, it's 1.5. And yeah. there's a certain element to that, which I guess you can discuss now. Obviously, this is all tied into Axiom and yeah. everything that's going in. Yeah, so you, you, you're correct in that. It's two scores. If you hit some of them, you get 0. 0.5. If you hit more, you get 1.5. So the, where, where we are with the development is, again, you know, I know everybody says just get on with it, get on with it, but it's, it genuinely is out of our hands. It's, you know, we've done everything, bits that we need to do on it. It sat with the council. The last meeting we had with the council, they said potentially it would hit planning in October or November, but likely November. So that's where we're, we're kind of waiting for now. So there's a plan A and a plan B. The, the plan A is the full redevelopment, which ticks every single box going and would help us generate a lot more money so it would, increase the financial elements of it and everything else that goes with it so that, that's the first part of it so we've got a plan b so if, if, if there's an issue or, or it's going to drag on you know if, if it comes really late so we can't start anything next season then we've got a plan b so we've got two million quid in the pot from the council to be able to um yeah do what we need to do so in terms of getting that extra point there's other elements around it like you've got to have floodlights that are certain looks that are in there otherwise that's in terms of that minimum stance where you start to lose fractions of points. Right. Dressing rooms have got to be so big and you've got to say passage from your director's lounge to your seats and everything else. So the things that really count on there, your capacity's got to be 5,000. So we've ticked that box, we've got 5,000. You've got to have 2,000 seats, which we haven't got 2,000 seats. You've got to have 200 sponsors seats, which are padded and physically cordoned off in a different area. So we haven't got that at the moment either. Uh, corporate lounges have got all 200, so we've just got that. We can get that in. And the director's box has got all 40. Um, it's going to be um, cordoned off from public area, which is not. Um, and it's got to be direct access to and from the boardroom seats without passing through a public area or has got to be appropriately stewarded from clubs before a certain age, so we get it appropriately stewarded. Yeah. Broadcast parking area at the back, so we've got that. Studio space for Sky, which is the little bit at the end of the country, has got to be four by four metres. At the minute, it's 3.1 by 3.1, but it's doable for us to, it's all scaffolding up there on goods. It's doable for us to just not yeah. get 4.4, 4, 4 by 4. Media facilities, we don't have enough media facilities, but again, doable, not a problem. And photographer facilities, again, doable. So when you're looking at that, so a, a, a very rough idea of a plan B would be 
Um, you know, depending on where we are with the stage and redevelopment, by the time we get to the end of the year, we'll do a structural survey on the stand anyway, and we'll have a look at what work we need to do. So potentially, if the stadium's going to look like it looks now next year, going into next year, where we need to make sure we secure these IMG points, we'll potentially start some work on with this council money. So what we do, again, this is just the first draft in my mind, because it's quite a simple way to do it, is you would refurbish that stand over there, the main stand, you'd put in the top corner, you'd put the 200 corporate seats that would be different and cordoned off, you'd move the director's box a couple of rows back to cordon that off to make that different. The bottom left, as you look at it from the pitch, you would make that more accessible for wheelchair users, so you'd have a lift in there so they could watch the pitch at height, uh, the yeah. game at height rather than you know, at the front where, where, where they have to sit at this moment in time. So that would tick a few boxes in terms of corporate seats, it tick it in terms of your accessibility stuff that's part of the minimum standards and the director's box moving back there. You'd make the media benches bigger, so you'd, you'd extend the, those around. Uh, we have to put a TV monitor in there. We've got decent Wi-Fi. I think I'm right in saying that in there at the minute anyway, so that's all good. So then the seating capacity would go down even further because of what we'd have to do to that stand. So what we could do then is, I'm not saying we will do, what we could do is we could take the yellow seats, the plastic seats, which are in decent nick, just need to clean up. We could put them down the front of the Princess Street all the way along there. So the Princess Street is hybrid standing and seating. That gives you a tick in the box for seats in there. We know because they're going to redo the capacities, we know we're going to have to put some more barriers in Weldon Road. And so if you look now, there's only barriers at the front. Yeah. So we know we need, you know, as part of what we're going to have to do next year. So if we move the seats from there to the Princess Street front, take the barriers out of there, bang them in there, that ticks that box. So you've ticked capacity, you've ticked your 2,000 seats, you've ticked your sponsor seats, you've got carpool lounges ticked, you've ticked your director's box, broadcast areas sorted, you make that bigger, the, the, the studio, you know, make your press benches bigger and everything else, and you get a separate place for photographers. That ticks all those boxes to get you one and a half points. So if we have to do that, and then even if even if we have to do that and we think planning permission might not come for three years or funding might not come for three years, which I'm not saying, so please don't, you know, everybody panic and think that's it. But what I'm saying is a plan B would be, we'll do that now and then we'll deal with the other when it comes along so that we know the stadium's safe. We spend a lot of money on making sure health and safety is, you know, right. And I kind of know what you say about it's old and tired and everything else, but it's a great place. You know, yeah. I'm not going to have a pop at Warrington or wherever it is, but you'll go to Warrington, you'll stand in a concrete stand, you'll go to a toilet and you'll get a burger and a, a pint and you'll watch a game and you'll go on. You come down here, you can have a pizza, you can have an artisan pie, you can have a Yorkshire pudding wrap, you can have an Ogro sandwich, you can have a pint of real ale, you can go to gin and Prosecco bar, you can go to the disco afterwards, you can watch a live band, you can walk all the way around the stadium have a pack of donuts if you want you know what I mean that that's I think that's quite special in terms of you know the element of where you stand to watch a game if you stood on a concrete terrace you stood on a concrete terrace if you sat in a seat you sat in a seat it's, it's the everything else that goes around it but I think that makes this place quite special and the fact that somebody can score a chain you can get an I-5 straight after yeah I mean you're preaching to convert in terms, yeah, of, in terms of the ground obviously but it's just yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. It's obviously it's been a bugbear of the fans for a long yeah. time because we love the gaff and we just wish everyone yeah. loved it in and the same way. But I, and I, at the same time, I understand why. But the deal was well, Ross, the deal. So you get, you know, people always used to say when we first started here and we were getting beat left, right, centre, people, the away fans used to filter out and go, I love it here. Yeah. My favourite away day. Then we'd start spanking them 50 and 60 nil and putting points on them. <laughs> and it's a shithole. You know, they'd be walking out, it's crap, this place, it's rubbish, you know. 
And then, you know, we've lost a few last two years and they're all loving it again. So it is, the, you know, it is yeah. a lot of the fans, it's their favourite ground to come to, it, it is Cats. And um, yeah. for that reason, yeah, everybody's mixing together and, you know, you can go get a, whatever you want to eat, wherever you want in the ground. So, yeah. So we, we, we're kind of, you know, plan A is always, you know, full development, which puts gotcha. us in a totally different level in terms of financial, corporate and everything else we can do. But we've got a plan B if we need to. I guess my question on that one would be, and it's really just to hear about this kind of plan B, uh, and the fact that's obviously somewhat in place, and you've, obviously we've got to think about that in terms of the short term, in terms of, as you said like earlier on, we can't really, I mean, nobody wants to have two, three years in that second tier, and no. if, if there needs to be a short-term solution to sort that, then then kind of so be it. But obviously, I, I, there's nothing, uh, certainly nothing I've seen from like, me looking at the portal stuff like that, that's uh, a major issue in terms of planning mission. It's more just kind of a, a waiting game. Uh, as you kind of said, my, my question to you there, which I said wasn't, prepare for in terms of the plan B was if we were to use the two million pounds grant uh from the council for that uh for a kind of a short term and then a year down the line or six months down the line or even three months down the line yeah. we get planning permission sorted but we've already spent that two million am I right in saying that two million was meant to be involved in the initial funding for the total redevelopment yeah. so I guess that creates another slight issue doesn't it yeah, but it does so the, the, there's a number of things you can you can do there so the the when you're talking about the two you know, the two million. So a, a lot of it will depend on when we start looking at surveying that stand. You know, for surveying that stand, and it's just a case of take them seats out, put some new seats out and everything else that, that, that goes with it. It's not going to be overly costly. And then the other elements that you can spend the two million quid on are, you know, refreshing your turnstile areas, refreshing your fence, maybe putting a 4G training pitch out there. They're, they're the things that once we tick that box, the other things that we want to do around the ground are the stuff that's on the big plan. Yeah. So it, it's not massive amounts of money out of that big plan, out of that big plan money. Listen, if it if it drags on and drags on and it comes a few years down the line, it might be one of those that we have to say we now need a new scheme, and that new scheme might be totally you know ripping the railway into pieces and building a massive big plan to stand out here. I, I genuinely don't know, but you know we 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 kind of we'll know when we get to November if it gets to plan in November exactly where we are with it. We'll know when the money's coming coming in. I think we've got to. We've got to do something next year to get that extra point. Yeah. Because I don't, I think even if it passed at that point, it's not, IMG have always said it's not what's on paper, it's what's on bricks and mortar, what's there. Yeah. So I think we've got to take that point next year regardless. So, so by the end of September, when the grading comes around again next year, we want those seats in position and we want everything in there that says, right, you've got cash, you've got one and a half points on your facilities. That makes sense. That makes sense to me. I'm yeah. glad that's in place. Uh, final little part of stadium, it's quite a positive one really anyway, just to, a side question, just because I've been asked this quite a lot. It was asked on the podcast a few a few episodes ago, uh, kind of my opinion on it as well. I don't know how much thought's gone into this one, but say October, November rolls around or even earlier, uh, we get a big yes, big tick, money's in, yeah, we can kind of get going. Uh, would we take the Wakefield Trinity approach of playing while we, we while we developed? Because obviously it's going to cut into at least a year, if not two seasons yeah. potentially. Uh, like, like I said, I don't know if anything has gone into this, so we've got a plan in place, but it has been asked. Would we just play reduced attendances like Wakefield have, maybe a five, six K down here in the other three stands, yeah. or maybe in two of the stands, uh, while the building was going on? Or would it be a matter of looking into, I don't know, a York or a Doncaster or something like that temporarily um, while the development was going on? Yeah. I think it's we've got our eye on a couple of options. The difference between this and Wakey, so if you if you think at Wakey, what Wakey have done equivalent of is redevelop the Princess Street stand, which yeah. is a stand with some toilets 
and you know a couple of bars in it and, and somewhere to get a bite to eat. The problem with us is we're redeveloping this the, the stand with the main stand. That's all our infrastructure. That's all our talking about the bulk of our toilets, the bulk of our seats, the bulk of our corporate hospitality. It's everything is in there. So so there is a there is a way to do it. Um, and it's I'm it, it, putting toilets, not toilets, changing rooms in the car park and then filtering people, you know, the, the players through from here while we demolish that. So there is a way to do it. We need to look, obviously, the costings for the stadium and everything else, we've got an inflation element built into that, but the costings are changing continuously. So at the point where it gets slapped down, I think that's we'll probably have to make the decision. And it might be one of those that if it's going to take an 18-month build, we might have to move somewhere that ticks the box and gives us one of that, that one and a half points if it gets us to a grade A licence, you know, for a year. So I, I, I don't, the answer to that question at this moment in time is I don't, but there's, there's a lot of moving parts to it. Yeah. Um, there's a way we can do it, but it might be a lot more expensive than just saying, look, without a bulldozer, get in and get out as quick as we can. Yeah, that's interesting. Like I said, that question was asked, and yeah. uh, I think I did a poll on Twitter, and uh, it was interesting to see how many were kind of on both sides. So I, and I think there's a general perception that the fans will travel. Uh, well, it, yeah. if, if that was the case, then I think they wouldn't. There's a tactual thing as well. I mean, I'll, I'll use York as an example, and that's not the easiest one either, because obviously no. York City are there as well. But um, obviously, pretty much tailor-made ground. I mean, I think we could all agree if we could lift that up and <laughs> drop it here, it'd be all right. Uh, I'm going to swap it, if I'm honest with you. Interesting. Just just, Interesting. just on in terms of the field. Because of the same, yeah. just that, that same reason as when we went to that friendly against York. I went yeah, and I sat there, in the seat yeah. and I could have been sat anywhere. You know what I mean? I can't, I'm walking through a, uh, you know, through a, a, a swimming bath reception to get to where I'm mm. going to my seat. And lovely stadium and everything else, but... I think a game day going forward is going to be more than just sitting on a seat watching a watching a game, and I think I think we've got that down here. Um, we just need to throw some glitter on it somehow. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, but yeah, just just on that point, say say it was York. I think kind of brings on to my next point. To be fair, when we talk about Pillar Five in terms of communities, people underestimate how many fans we've got up there, and just yeah. not in Castleford. And again, I know this is one that's interesting for you I think you've maybe made some comments on the catchment one as well which, yeah. we'll, which we'll discuss in a sec but yeah I think there's a general idea yeah you're not going to get 10,000 sellouts like you would down here if we're playing well and a good game but I think a fair few cast certainly will travel if we yeah. were kind of in the Yorkshire area so I'd uh, be interested to see how that plays out and how, touch wood that's a decision yeah. you have to make quite soon and, and I think that's it, it's one of those things that I think we've probably looked to take, take a bit of guidance from the fan base you know I think we yeah. try and get as many options as we could on the table to say but we can potentially stop here and do this, but it's going to take longer. It's going to be quite chaotic, or we can move to A, B, and C, um, you know, and then just try and get a bit of a concept. We're never going to please everybody, but if we can try and please the majority, then you know that's what we'll probably try and do. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Okay, let's move on to pillar five then. That's community, and it's worth yeah. two and a half points. Uh, I'll come on to catchment afterwards because I think that's really interesting, and it's one that I don't particularly agree with. If I'm honest, I'm, I'm sure you agree with that one. Um, we'll start with foundation. Now, I'll let you take the lead on this one if that's okay, because. I see a lot of great stuff uh, going out from the club about the foundation. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's obviously a, a great thing the club do. Um, we probably don't see enough of it as fans, to be fair. It probably doesn't get enough yeah. exposure out there, although it's certainly been tried. Obviously, it's a whole point as well. So just an update on kind of how the foundation is going and how close would it be if we're not already getting that full point? Yeah, so we're, we're second tier in terms of points. So 0.75 points on turnover. Um, it might dip a bit this year, but it'll be back against that next year. The, the gap between 0.75 and a point is 250 grand to a million quid. So it's a huge, yeah. it's an aspiration to get to that kind of turnover, but I think it's a long way. It's a long way off. You know, you're multiple years away from that. Um, you know, we, we, we've, the, the college is, is, 
you know, going to be bigger this year than it's ever been. That's quite a good one for us. And what it allows us to do is, well, you know, as well as educating the kids who are, you know, not at the standard of being in, in the first, uh, in the, the academy system, you know, you always get a late bolter. So it allows us to keep an eye on those while also putting them through an education module that's really good for them. But it allows our academy to come in and do their college work during the day and be full-time, basically. So yeah, well, that, that's what it does. That's the the big benefit to it from us. Um, so that's that's going from strength to strength. You'll see the PDRLs, the LDRL teams, they're going, going great. The women's team, although it's not you know getting the results we want we're now getting a really good pathway coming through and it's it, it's something that it's always been something that will need to be built from the ground floor up and the building it and there's some great spirit in there among those 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 girls who are playing and hopefully a few years down the line that'll really start coming to fruition we'll have a really good team of homegrown internationals in there so all those teams that, that run under that are, are doing well and then there's the other pillars of stuff that we're doing um I don't think it's been publicised yet, but we're working with a few quite biggish businesses in the area as well on some some grant funding work with them. So I'm not going to say too much. I don't think that's been announced at this point, and I'm not sure if they've all been signed off. So you'll see that coming forward as well, sort of in the next twelve months. So yeah, so it's a long way away from the million pound turnover, but you know we're 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 on the upward trajectory with it. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Catch me then. Catch me. Yeah. So that's worth one point five points. And the way I understand this is if well. Essentially, the way it's been broke down is population of quote unquote lo- local area, and we'll get into what that means in a sec. So, population divided by the number of clubs in that area, and it's split into the maximum 1.5 points, which is if that population is more than 250k. Uh, if you're anywhere between 130k and quarter of a million, that's the one point, and less than 130k uh, is 0.5. Now, I think we fit into the 0.5 category here, but this is a bugbear of me I'm sure it's a bugbear of yourself because yeah. if I'm right in saying the population is basically based on the WF postcode isn't it it's Wakefield yeah um, you know the Metropolitan Council yeah. City whoever it is and obviously we've got three clubs in the area yeah. I think it, it's not controversial to say we're the biggest of those and it's not controversial to say that our catchment is a lot bigger than the WF postcode yeah. so what's your overall take on this one so that, that was one of the ones that I was it's probably the only one that I was really against, um, and I'm still against it. If I'm honest with you, I had to make with Tony Sutton, uh, and then you know I did tell him my thoughts on it. Still, um, so it, it's been down. So the catchment element of it has been downgraded. So they've taken the the community element. So the foundation turnover wasn't in there before. On the back of a lot of the issues that people have kind of put forward, like myself and a few other people, that's been changed. So it's only one and a half points rather than two and a half. And the other ones around you, your foundation. So, yeah, it's unfair for us if we were a couple of miles down the road, sat in an LS26 postcode, we'd probably sit under leads, you know, for, for that local authority and we're, we're on one and a half points. Yeah. So, you know, for the likes of us, Wakefield, and I'm presuming it'll be the same for Wigan Warrant and Saints, you, you're pumping it, you know, you're trying to get 15 out of 19 points, whereas some other clubs, because of where they're situated, um, you know, at Newcastle Thunder, I'm guessing we'll we'll have one and a half points. Yeah. So Newcastle Thunder are aiming to get 15 out of 20. We've got to get 15 out of 19. Wakefield's got to get 15 out of 19. So I just think you know I, I'm all for stuff being stretched and targets being stretched and I'm trying to get clubs to get to where they need to get to. All for that, but it should be a level playing field and everybody should be able to everybody should be able to aspire to getting 20 points. Yeah, I I think that's the word, isn't yeah. it? It's aspirational. I think all these, all the rest of them is aspirational, isn't it? Pretty much, every, like I say, oh, there's other 19 points. You can aspire to something. I completely agree. And 
Look, I'm not by no means am I against expansion in rugby league. Obviously, you mentioned Newcastle, there's London, obviously, Tully, yeah. there's all these kind of clubs. And I'm not picking on you, you know, I'm just no, saying, no, no, I'm no, just saying as an example, is that there, there are clubs out there who can get 15 out of 20 points and we can get 15 out I'm of agree. 20 points. I'm Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think it, the, the fact that Cass, Fev Wakefield as well, as you yeah. say, Wigan Lee, I mean, obviously, they'll yeah. this in the Wigan postcode, the fact they can never aspire to get that extra couple yeah. of points is. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's the thing with this IMG stuff. We're, we're kind of coming to a little bit of a close now as we get to call, uh, kind of an overall understanding of it. Um, the thing with IMG, as I discussed it with Adam last week, is just it's not perfect, in my opinion. I don't think this it, it whole criteria is perfect by any means, and it's still a bit of an alien alien way of kind of d- deciding who's in the top tier yeah. and who's not. We're Obviously, we're a promotion relegation country. It's how it's always been. It's going to take a lot of getting used to. Uh, and I think, And I think that there's... That's probably where a lot of the fears come from as well. Just kind of, it's completely new, it's completely yeah. fresh. Uh, it's not perfect uh, by any means, but it is nice to obviously sit down with you today and realize that although it's not perfect, we don't agree with everything, we're probably not in that bad a situation. And ultimately, no. uh, one thing I was going to ask you, obviously, because um, it might have been a little bit of Chinese whispers, you can let me know. But obviously, when the initial proposal was being voted on, there was rumours that we were one of the teams who were either going to abstain or wasn't necessarily going to vote you through. It may well have been just media talk, that kind of stuff. What was your initial take at that point? Because obviously that's before the criteria came out and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. What was your take at that point or the club's take at that point and how has that changed since we've kind of seen everything come out? So I've always been a big advocate of promotion and relegation, except this year. <laughs> you and me both, you and me both. Terrible idea. <laughs> I think the sooner we get rid of it, the better. So, yeah, so we, we, we listen, we knew, you know, the direction the sport's going, we knew we had to, you know, the sport has to change. We know that the the TV deal, I think that was Sky were talking about, if there's no change, it was going to be 17 million quid. So um, IMG were the guys who came in, they're the experts, you know, they've got a really good track record and everything to do. So you've got to back them. So, you know, we, we, we saw, we knew the pillars, what they were going to be, where they were going to be and everything else. And, um, you know, we, on my presumption, when I saw catchment before we got the detail around it was they were going to, drop a pin in your postcode where you played or you know the, the exact place you played and they were going to draw a circumference around it and that was going to be a catchment. Yeah. And I thought we're going to get a little bit snookered from that because you know you start going over east and there's not a lot east and there's not a lot north. But you know it's probably a fair reflection of where we're bringing fans from. Got quite a few in Doncaster, quite a few in York, quite a few in S postcodes and HG postcodes and then obviously WFs. And then we share a lot of the LS postcodes and probably we split with Lee Rhinos, the yeah. Garfords and your, your Rothwells and Kipaxes. So that's what we thought it was. And then when we saw that it was going to be um, what it ended up, we were kind of massively against it because we're saying that there's no way that we can achieve that. Yeah. You know, the only way we can achieve that is build 100,000 houses in Castleford and, and you know, get 100,000 people to move in. So it, it's not. So that was the thing that we would have. So when it was reported that we were going to abstain or we, we were never going to abstain, just in the meetings, we were always very vocal and right. saying that we. You know, we agree with the direction of travel and everything you're doing. We just vehemently disagree with catchment because it's not a fair reflection of where our fan base is from. And also, we need to all be able to aspire to achieve 20 points. If we're the top team and we win the league in the Challenge Cup and we get everything right, we get 20 points, but we can't, we can get 19. And other clubs can only get 19. Yeah, I think you did say that at the time, to be honest, yeah. but I, I thought it was good for you to just kind of say it. I mean, I know you said it to the press at the time. Yeah. It's just, I do worry how many people are actually reading the press nowadays, yeah. to be honest with you. So it's good to actually hear it from Morse's mouth. Yeah, I think it was Matt Shaw. I think yeah. who reported it because I saw him outside and I just said, you got that wrong. <laughs> we won't. And he said, oh, I've got a really reliable sauce. But it wasn't reliable. We never said that. We always said yeah. we were against catchment yeah. in that guy's. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. makes total sense. Um, that kind of rounds us off nicely. So we just before we started recording, 
uh, we had a little chat. I mean, you let you start off, off the top in terms of saying where you reckon we are going to be. Uh, how many points do you think were in the running to get and where we kind of stack up? Obviously, I'd never said it at the start of the show for anyone who doesn't know, but basically it's three categories. Category C, which basically limits you at championship with the absolute uh, maximum. Category B, which is obviously the middle tier. Category A, of which we imagine there's six teams-ish, something yeah. like that. Uh, the top end of the spectrum who've got 15 points plus they are basically guaranteed in the top flight whichever it might be, whatever it might be called might be called Super League 2025 but so those top six or seven teams are going to be in there secure category B are basically the teams fighting out for the other spots in Super League so naturally I mean if it's still 12 teams who knows it is at the moment you need to be in that top 12 uh, in terms of points which is what we've been discussing in 2025 you don't know for sure. Obviously, I mean, IMG obviously have not revealed it uh, up, up to now, but you've probably got a good idea where we're at currently. Obviously, it all matters in, 18, in kind of 18 months' time. But re- just to kind of set the minds of fans at ease and kind of give them an idea where we're at, where do you think we're at currently? So we, our score is 12.63. So that, that's our grading score as it stands at this moment in time. We think it'll, the, the, the engagements, as I say, are cumulative year to date. So we think that'll end up at 12.83 when we've got our... I think we'll get to the next level on that one. That's the only thing that'll change. Now, we'll get another grade around about October time, I think it is. I'm not sure if it's before or after the grand final. So we'll get another grade around about then. I think that's the grade that'll be published where you'll see everybody's gradings at that point. Ours potentially will drop from 12.63 because our performance numbers will drop and a couple of other bits in finances may drop a little bit. So they will drop, but it's not, no, that's not a panic this year. It's, It's all about your grade next year. So I, I think there's three clubs very close. I think we can we can take a guess on who five of the six A's are. And yeah. listen, there might not be six A's when they grade again, because if one of those clubs is an A and they've had a poor year on field and they might lose a quarter of a point, that might not come down to a, a, a B overall. Yeah. So I think we can guess who the five are. Um, I think six and seven, you look and you think, oh, I'm not sure who it is out of them two. Then you look and you look eight, nine and 10, and I think we're eight, nine and 10 are quite close. And I think we're in that mix of eight, nine and 10. But for us, the, the kind of the beauty of where we're at is on, on. So we've got some big ticket items in there that we can improve on. So when you look at fandom, so at the minute on fandom we are three point five five, but if we can get the um, extra crowds in and we can get the percentage of income up, which we, we feel we can do, and a couple of other bits in there, we can get between four and four and a half on on fandom. Uh, in terms of performance. Listen, that's going to be where it's going to be in the next year. It's going to be somewhere between 2.8 and 3.3. If we go down and we win the championship or go down, worst case scenario, and finish middle of the championship, it's probably 2.8. Stay up and get in the top six next year, it's probably near a 3.3. So that's a moving feast depending on where we end up. Finances, you know, if we can get the owner investment, either individual or through a fan-owned hybrid model and, um, you know, a couple of other bits on there that we talked about on finance, that could give us somewhere between 3.3 and 4.25. Stadium is, you know, we're hoping to get that to 2.5 regardless from 1.31. Community won't change. So by my calculations, our grading at the end of 24, so not at the end of this year, at the end of 24, which is really going to count, will be somewhere between 12.71, which I believe will be comfortably enough to get us into Super League for the 2025 season. Or if we get the investment in, and we get the crowds down to seven and a half and we get a few of the other big ticket items and the stadium sorted out, I think we can get to 15.8 points. You know what I mean? So uh, in 2025, for Cast to be sat as a grade A club would be remarkable. If you look back, you know, to 
2012, what the state the club was in in 2012 with crowds of 2000 against London and, you know, going bus nearly every week. Uh, if we would have been graded then against the peers that were in Super League at that point yeah. and the top end of the Championship, I can guarantee you we'd be nowhere near. We would have been nowhere near. So to actually be sat talking about if a few things go our way and we can get the fans down and we can get investment in, we'll be a grade A club. It's quite remarkable, I think, from from you know where we are. So it, it, it's quite a positive message. I'd much rather, you know, if the worst came to the worst, I'd rather this system than a promotion and relegation system next year. And there we have it. Thank you very, very much for listening, not just this episode, but previous episodes as well. Thank you very much to Mark, the club, uh, for coming on. Um, you know, this was essentially their idea, but I am very appreciative that they used me or asked me um, as a platform to kind of speak to the speak to the fan base on the whole. Um, I personally, I think it adds a little bit of credibility to it rather than going through their own channels where it's, you know, naturally it's a little bit more tempered. That's the, uh, that's the way of things. You know, the, the fact they've come directly to me and allowed me to kind of have free reign on questioning and all that kind of thing is uh, is testament to them, to be fair. And, you know, they've had a fair few knocks, uh, the club of late, certainly this year. I think a lot of it down to frustration, but regardless, uh, in terms of communication and all that kind of stuff, but I really can't knock them uh, for what they've done today and of the, of the previous couple of days. They've been great to work with. Uh, Mark was incredibly candid, as I said at the top of the show. I'm sure you're I'm sure having listened, you agree uh, with that. It's certainly the longest he's spoken in, in this kind of sphere, um, you know, in all his kind of 10 years at the club. Uh, and yeah, I'm incredibly appreciative uh, for talking us through, um, you know, and kind of giving us an idea where the club's at. Um, hopefully, it should alleviate some fears, I think, um, puts to bed a few kind of conspiracy theories and, you know, and, and, and things that some elements of the fan base agreed. And I think it paints a light with, um, you know, potentially a really positive future on the horizon. Things have got to go right. Don't be wrong. I mean, you know, it's, it's easy. To, it's quite easy to say, you know, we, we could be grade A next year. Yeah, of course we could be grade A. You know, there's a lot of things that have to go right. And Mark was very aware of that. Um, but it's nice to see what kind of scope at the very least we're looking at from kind of top to bottom. And uh, personally, from a fan, fan perspective, it's nice to see that at least that kind of bottom, that floor, maybe isn't quite as low as some people kind of suspect. Certainly outside the club, I've seen various things from the media suggesting that we'd be in real, real problems. Um, perhaps not, based on the facts that we've just been given. Um, so, yeah, hope you enjoyed the listen. I certainly enjoyed doing the interview, as I said. Um, as Mark said on the podcast, there is the potential of me sitting down with Danny Wilson, the director of rugby, going forward in the next few weeks. We simply need to decide what division we're going to be playing in next season. So, once that's settled, uh, and if you guys want it, uh, I'll head that back down to the ground and speak to Danny Wilson on all things player recruitment, because obviously this episode has not been too much on on field, and clearly that's the bread and butter of a rugby league team. So I'd love to get sat down with Danny as well. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thank you again to the club. Thank you again to Mark for giving me that hour or so of chat. I think it was good. Please do let us know um, what you felt of it. Um, social media, I'll be putting this in all the forums. I am going to make a Coifcast Facebook page at some point. I've just not got around to it yet. Uh, if that exists at the time you listen to this, do let us know. Uh, on there, in the meantime, Instagram is the place to be, Coifcast, or indeed Twitter. Twitter is the main place to be, really, if you want to vent your frustrations or get, or give your opinions on anything, at Coifcast. Give us a follow over there and get involved. Thank you again. Coif. <laughs>